Hi, you've reached Asia. Please leave me a message. Again? I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you. I can't even. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. You'd better call me back this time. Bitch, I have creditors. You have to, like, text me before you call. <laughs> I wondered if that was it. <laughs> Is that why you didn't answer last night? No, I was asleep last night. You got the email. I, I did. I did get the email. Um, derp, 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 derp. Why do you keep saying that? Do you herpes? I mean, like, is that your like way of trying to tell everybody in a positive way? I'm trying to make herpes fun again. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have herpes. <laughs> At least this host of By That I Mean does not have herpes. Other By That I Mean guest co-hosts cannot be spoken for. Oh, who? It's not me. Well, that rules you out. <laughs> Each of the other ones will have to be consulted individually. <laughs> Preferably in a public and uncomfortable setting. For our 50 fans to hear, because now we are at 50, according to some new overzealous fan who I'm excited about. We reached 50, thanks to Miss Shawnee Velvet. Shout out to our number 50 on Facebook. The Facebook page of By That I Mean, facebook.com slash By That I Mean. Shawnee is a friend of mine. She is a friend of Chris O'Neill and Jorge. Oh, okay. And also a friend of this podcast. I think Chris is doing more for By That I Mean Outreach than we will ever do. No, I've done quite a bit of By That I Mean. No, I'm not even going to complete that lie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to drop that lie just halfway. You are correct. (laughs) Who would have sufficed? (laughs) <laughs> yes um, but now you've not only simultaneously made yourself look a little less than you know on top of your game you've taken away our super fans work that implies that i had a game to begin with <laughs> um past and future guest co-hosts of by that i mean chris o'neill and jorge ponce I went to new york city so i anticipate having them on to talk about their trip but no, I'm not denigrating Chris's work. Hopefully he's going to make some visual art of some of his favorite quotes from the podcast. You guys talked about it on your guys' podcast, which I was not affiliated with. Oh, so what you're saying is you don't listen to any podcasts that don't have you on them. Oh, that's not true. I listened to it. I just disagreed with it. <laughs> <laughs> like you disagreed with its existence? You like rejected it? Um, yeah, I guess they go that far. To you, it was like a mutant child that you cast out. It was your Oswald Cobblepot. (laughs) (laughs) Is our super fan your penguin? I was like, I was getting there, but I like, I could not, I could not (laughs) grasp the reference for the life of me. So like the past 45 seconds, I was like, like, I know what it is. 
Or should I just think about it? It'll come to me eventually. Do you want to wager on how many out of the 50 will have gotten that reference? <laughs> I bet it's going to be a pretty high quotient of them. It's actually assuming that the 50 will actually listen to this one. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a pretty risky bet right there. Because a lot of those people at the beginning... Which people were like, oh, hey, Seth and Asia made a podcast. At least the first one. Nope, not you would, you would think that, but you would be incorrect. Really? According to Facebook, the last episode I posted reached 126 people. Holy crap. I think it was 126. That means that we have more enemies than fans at this point. People that just listen to, like, bash us secretly. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I don't imagine that there is a secret club of people who meet to make fun of the By That I Mean podcast behind its back. <laughs> I'm just saying that we have more listeners than fans. That's something is a myth. I wouldn't want to have more fans than listeners. That's true, but I would want to have like maybe 80% of listeners be fans, and then the other 20% can be like Generation Y, can't be bothered... But, you know, I mean, it's good to have enemies, though, because at least they're talking about you. I think that's the problem, though. I don't think they're talking about me. <laughs> mm. I don't think I generate that much interest to engender hatred. I'm coming from, like, a, a, an optimistic approach here with my enemy talk, which is funny and weird, because I thought I was being extremely pessimistic. To think that people hate you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was all pissed off because all of my lettuce not wilted. Um, and I was gonna is make, that a like, metaphor? Amazing salad. No, no, this is actually what happened. It oh. could be a metaphor. I mean, it could be, but no, it's actually what happened. I had, like, this organic spring mix. And I buy the big ones, and, like, I had eaten, like, maybe, like, a quarter of it, because I had, like, put it, like, I used, like, the lettuce on my sandwiches when I make my sandwiches for work. I was going to make a big salad, right, and then take that to work for the next couple of days. And I opened my lettuce. The expiration was 5-17-2012, and it was all wilted. And I was so pissed off, and I, like, threw it in the trash because, you know, that's where you put the lettuce when it's wilted. Is that all your best lettuce material? <laughs> like, that's all I got. <laughs> that's Any all. more like, lettuce I'm like anecdotes? I'm, like, a real person now. I'm, like, a real person now. Like, I go to work. I come home. I, like, you know, have an hour of me time. I have my spring mix. <laughs> I make my dinner, and then I go to sleep like a normal person. That's what I do with my days. Is that treating you well? I would say that the weeks are going by very fast. And I don't know if that's because I'm aging or because like I'm a part of the rat race. I mean, do you feel you're making progress with it? I feel like my bank account is making huge strides in, the, in a positive direction. However, my social life has taken a dive. But that was to be expected. Just by geography? Geography-wise, yeah. And, like, I only have fun, like, maybe one or two days a week now. And that fun consists of wine that I buy and save for the end of the week. And then, and then I drunk dialects because that just seems, like, fun. That is always the answer. I don't know. It's weird being a normal person. I never actually wanted to be one. But now that I am, it's okay, I guess. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Doing, like, the normal routines is actually making me rather normal again. Or not again, for the first time, I should say. The more normal activities that you participate in, the easier it is to pretend that you are normal. Everybody at work, like, nobody knows that I'm actually, like, not even human, you know? <laughs> I suspect you're quite human. No. I suspect you're more human than human. 
I don't even know if that's an insult or not, but I'm going to take it as such. I'm not sure either, but please take it like one. So I have two jobs right now, and then I'm also... Sh- oh, really? you got a second one? Yeah, two jobs, and then I shadow this director, which is like a new thing. So there's this, like the production company in Vienna, and they shoot sporting events, the Indy 500. They were all over the Super Bowl. He got me the gig at the Super Bowl that I worked. And he's letting me shadow him and his company for the Indy 500 race. So I'm doing that on the weekends. I'm trying to, you know, stay as busy as possible so I don't think about my life. Fair enough. And when that fails, I drink a lot of wine and call exes. Kind of sounds like an ironclad plan for now. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad to be washed up at 27, but... I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I am. I don't think you're washed out, Asia. I think you're washing in. No, no I'm like making strides to get out of the situation as soon as possible. I mean, I'm like a really type A personality when I try, you know, and I'm not bogged down with the weight of irresponsibility. So like I get on the horse and I do everything that the horse tells me to do so I can get off as fast as possible. <laughs> That reminds me of an article that was in the news recently. Great segue, Seth. Just great segue. Segue. <laughs> <laughs> From penlive.com. A Pennsylvania man was arraigned on charges of breaking into a barn and performing a sex act on a horse. I didn't even choose this article, by the way. This is like <laughs> not one that I emailed back to you. And you know this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't even choose it. Like, and there's a reason I didn't choose it. <laughs> you don't think a man would go down on a filly? I saw that horrifying video where that man had sex with a horse and then died. Mr. Hands. Yeah, that was horrifying. So, like, I know shit like this exists, but it just seems like performing cunnilingus on a horse, it just seems like he wouldn't get any pleasure out of it. So that would be a complete thing to do if you were mentally challenged. Because, like, it doesn't benefit you whatsoever. I don't know. And, like, mentally handicapped people, in, in my opinion, and in my um, history, have always been very giving and generous people, whereas, you know, just people that want to get their rocks off of the horse would probably just fuck it. And that's my history of horse fucking, so there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Your history of it? <laughs> my detailed and storied history of horse fucking. Wow. Um, yeah. Is this from field research? It's probably just Indiana general knowledge, really. Oh, okay. Are these like the folk tales of Indiana? You you grew up in Indiana. You hear some shit about some shit. (laughs) They usually involve animals and sex acts. Wow. Yeah. I'm completely sober right now. I really probably drink something. Do you? Do I what? Of course you do. (laughs) Why aren't you drinking something? I buy a bottle at the beginning of the week, and I save it for the weekend. And then when the weekend hits, I drink that bottle, and then I buy another two bottles. And then I drink, like, half, oh, yeah, I've got an open bottle right now. Like, half the bottle of last week that I didn't finish. I'm a weekend wino. I want that on a shirt, Seth, by the way. Where did you go? Are you here? Yeah. Oh, my God. You can't do that to me. At least <laughs> grunt or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Aisha? What? Do you know what privation means? Privation? Yeah. I know what privatization means, but I don't know what privation means. What does privatization mean? Privatization? I mean, do you, like, like, take things out of the public domain? 
or like you take things from going like you take things out of like I don't I don't actually know if I would say means either. <laughs> <laughs> Privatization means to change from governmental or public ownership or control to private enterprise. That's what I just said, practically. It's exactly what you just said. Okay, Um, so I know what it means. I'm sorry for being so redundant. Privation means the lack of the basic necessities or comforts of life or an act, condition, or result of deprivation or loss. Thank you, Webster. No, it's actually from thefreedictionary.com. (laughs) Well, I just can't get anything right. Okay, so what does privation have to do with what you are talking about now? Thank you for asking, Asia. (laughs) Did you know that in the last 30 years, our government has privatized almost all of its previous functions? And that is allowing crazy people to accumulate crazy wealth or to do crazy things. Why, yes, I did know that. Oh, we're not doing that anymore? Okay, I'm sorry, go on. You guys, I actually sent Asia a series of articles last week so that she actually knew what we were talking about. Yeah, because that never happens, by the way. It might seem like I do, but I never do. And it probably doesn't seem like I do. I'm probably just being nice to myself. Probably. Probably. (laughs) So, what do you think, other than the root word... Do you think there's any connection between privatization and privation? Oh, because I was going to say the root word, but now that you took that away from me, <laughs> Oh my God. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Like, it's fine. It happens. I don't want to take root words from you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, of course I'm going to go for the obvious choice. Personally, I think that there's a connection between everything with a root word, whether it be one for universe and unilateral, or two, for bicoastal and bilateral, or life for biology and (laughs) (laughs) biometrics. And probiotics. I I can go for days on prefixes alone. No, Asia, I feel like you'd be selling your series about root words short (laughs) if you read the whole (laughs) ebook. On this podcast, <laughs> you can find Asia's ebook, Chapeau at the Roots. The most pretentious ebook currently on the web. But to answer your question, yes, there but definitely is a connection between privation and privacy. It took me a while to get there, but I got there. Coming back around. <laughs> well, Asia, if you could think of one political movement. One party unified by its unending love of the private, the private sector, privatization of basic government services, and privation of the poor. Which party would that be? Tea. Tea party. I believe we have a winner. I'm sorry. I just like, their name is just so associated with childhood whimsy. But let's be honest, the Tea Party is now the mainstream of the Republican Party. No, it's disgusting, yeah. They've all gone off the cliff with them, you know? So They have. At this point, it's just the GOP. I've seen this firsthand in this state. Some crazy shit is going down in Indiana. This really old white guy got usurped by a younger white guy. It's true. The older white guy, he was a regular Republican. They called him moderate, and they were, like, trying to bash him for being moderate. But then the, the, the younger white guy, he was a tea partier. 
And he got all of his money from like out of state donations, which trampled upon the the incumbent's mm-hmm. money. So he just got outspent. And then they had some sort of party. I'm sorry, Mike Pence is the, the younger white guy, I think, and the new the older white guy, Richard Luger. Yes, thank you, Dick Luger. Richard Luger just got knocked out of the Senate by a Tea Partier in a primary. Mm-hmm. motherfucking store, motherfucker. That guy got tons of super PAC money. Tons and tons of like from out of state donations. They opened it up recently, like this year, to out of state donations. And that is that is all thanks to Citizens United, the Supreme Court decision. He got outspent like a like whoa like whoa. So that's, I'm sorry, but I like I didn't really give that much of a shit though. To be honest, it was like this big deal. But like when it happened, I was just like sitting at home, like okay, whatever. I voted that day though. I did vote because my dad was in the election. He won his election, by the way. It just shows the desperation of the party. They've all gone full in on out-of-state, corporate, undisclosed, super PAC money, and crazy fucking race baiting. Yes. There's a New York Times article I sent you um, from NewYorkTimes.com. One of the GOP super PACs weighed a hardline attack on Obama. A group of Republican strategists is working with a conservative billionaire on a proposal to mount one of the most provocative campaigns of the super PAC era and attack President Obama in ways that Republicans have so far shied away from. And it says they wanted to do exactly what John McCain would not let us do. <laughs> and do you, do you know what their brilliant plan was? I do. What was their brilliant plan, Asia? Uh, bringing back um, Jeremiah Wright, the past. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're silly. No, Asia, no, you're no, silly. No. Don't be a silly. No, I, I read it. I read it. I completely read it this time. The proposal was overseen by Fred Davis and commissioned by Joe Ricketts, the founder of the brokerage firm TD Ameritrade. The $10 million plan includes preparations for how to respond to the charges of race baiting it envisions if it highlights Mr. Obama's former ties to Mr. Wright, who espouses what is known as black liberation theology. The group suggested hiring as a spokesman an extremely literate conservative African-American who can argue that Mr. Obama misled the nation by presenting himself as what the proposal calls a metrosexual black Abe Lincoln. Which is like, wait, what the fuck is the problem with that? That guy sounds awesome. Exactly. Your words of hate are stupid. That's <laughs> what you can do, Tea Party. I don't know who they're going to win over with this. Everybody loves metrosexuals. They dress nice and they're pretty. Everybody loves Abe Lincoln. He freed the slaves. And lots of people love black people. I'm not sure how many. I don't have the I don't have the numbers on that. And but uh, word on the street is people are okay with black people now. There's one political party that's trying to not let so many of the black people vote. That's true. Or get health care. That's very true. But, like, I mean, if you're talking about their base, I guess that's who that argument might pander to. Truth. But Republicans always have, like, on their sleeve Abe Lincoln as, you know, we don't hate black people, we have Abe Lincoln. You know what I mean? Asia, it's even worse than you think. I mean, Republicans have come up with a totally revisionist history that the Republican Party has led on civil rights in America. 
The proposal suggests that Mr. Ricketts believes the 2008 campaign of Senator John McCain erred in not using images of Mr. Wright against Mr. Obama, who has said that the pastor helped him find Jesus, but that he was never present for Mr. Wright's politically charged sermons. Mr. Obama left the church during the campaign. I think the really key reason behind this is obviously desperation. And I mean, I, th- I feel like they give it away at the end because <laughs> the last quote in this article is, is beautiful. They lament that voters still aren't ready to hate this president. And they say, it's hard to demonize him. How to inflame their questions on his character and competency while allowing themselves to still somewhat like the man becomes a challenge. My favorite part of this article was when they were talking about, like, all the money they're going to spend on this campaign, including banners that will hang for four hours at a time. That was my favorite part. Banners of a metrosexual black Abe Lincoln? I know banners. That'll do it. We'll hang some banners. Let's get some glitter and some posters and hang this shit up. My soccer mom voice sounds like a homosexual stereotype, and I apologize. To both soccer moms and homosexuals everywhere. In my defense, all of my impressions sound like a homosexual stereotype for no reason whatsoever. You know, that's my voice. You're like the parallel to the homosexuals who do black female voices as their only character voice. I am. It's weird. Maybe my point is like a reaction against that. But it's like, what came first, the chicken or the... Metrosexual Black Abe Lincoln came first. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I want to see a cartoon series called Metrosexual Black Abe Lincoln. They're just calling him Handsome Abe Lincoln Black. That's what they're calling him as an insult. And that's their insult. Like, if that were my insult, I'd be like, thank you. Can I have another? Compared to being called a socialist Kenyan wizard, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) anything is kind by comparison to what they throw at him every day now. The rules that had already been watered down for so long that govern how our elections are financed were all but tossed out the window by the Supreme Court. So all of... The federal and state and local elections now are going to be subject to a flood of money that can't really be traced until it's too late to stop it. Unless you stop it with votes, which is one of the things keeping me appreciative of your being out there to see what's going on in real America. Sorry, wait, like your eye in the sky? Yeah, you are. You're the by that I mean field reporter. I just vomited in my mouth. Enjoy and gratitude? Was that a gratitude barf? <laughs> I hope you're thankfully horfing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a really shitty reporter because, like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just watching the news, the local Indiana news, which could be easily being in Los Angeles and just reading about it. But I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't do that, to be honest. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I'm at least thankful that you're able to join me, if only remotely, to discuss the hellhole that you're trapped in. Desperate times and desperate situations like, say, you know, only having scared old white people left to vote for you bring people to desperate measures. And when you can hide where your support comes from, when you can hide where your money comes from, and you fund an election with that money, all sorts of very basic government functions can get sold off to the highest bidder. In the super PAC era, and given the demographic breakdown of the Republican Party, in a decade or so, they're not going to matter so much anymore. 
But the problem now is their desperation, because I, I think the Republican Party and the people left in the Republican base know it's toast. I don't think they know that at all, especially being here where a Tea Party just took out so he's been in office for 20 years. It's really funny, though, because they're like, oh, he won, he won. And it's like, bitch, he won the primary. He still has to go on to win. That's still kind of hilarious. He gets to go against probably the moderate Democrat or something. Well, I mean, we could hope. Indiana is a pretty red state. If not right wing. But we'll see. I'll be here, unfortunately. So I'll let you know. <laughs> Please do. Please do continue <laughs> to update us on the state of the state. Yes, the state of the state. There's been a lot of other desperation and privation. I think desperation is the wrong word. And I know that you want it to be the right word. I just think that it is like, what, what's the word? Maybe the word is paranoia. Paranoia is a good word, definitely. I think that they're also trying to rely way too heavily on the amnesia of America. But I think that the only amnesiacs are within their circle of friends. I really, really hope you're right. I think I am. And not because I said it, but also because, like, I've talked to one other person. <laughs> so isolated. But, Fair enough. like, she's been, like, a, like, grew up Republican, you know? And she was, like, a George W. Bush kind of, like, screwed us all over. Like, people remember in the ways that they can remember. And they don't necessarily say it as eloquently as one can say it. But they still remember. It wasn't that long ago. Well, and not only that, but the incomes of 99% of Americans went down during the Bush years and did not recover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And desperation might be a good word in that they don't have history on their side. The whole point of the ideology of conservatism is to fight progress. It's not really to preserve history. It's just to fight the liberation of people and maintain power for someone. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about root words here. Conservatism, conservative, resistant to change. But the Tea Partiers are more like nihilists now. I think, you know, maybe that's why the victory, quote-unquote, in Indiana was celebrated so widely and why it confused the shit out of me. Because I was literally sitting there like, what the fuck? It's a primary. Like, seriously? They're just trying to be their own cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, so, and be as loud as fucking possible so that, you know, pe like, like, like the kids... Like, the kids that want attention. They're just the children that want attention. Like, literally. They are children in this whole political landscape, and they definitely want attention. True. And, like, they're horrible. Like, they're the horrible children. Like, they're, like, like Beyonce's child. Or, like, Surrey Cruz. Like, children born into privilege. Or, like, Willow Smith. People don't like her. I don't know why. She's a child. But, like, they're, they're just the bad children. They're against hair whippers. They are. But, yeah, they're just bad Horrible children. They're the child that, like, cries all the time, even though they've got everything and nothing to cry about. That child is white America. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, they're the, the child that you just want to slap and wouldn't feel bad about it if you did. They're the child that you think, like, that parent should slap that child. And I'd be perfectly okay with it. Well, but the problem is the white working class, 99% of white Americans got fucked, too but not nearly to the same extent as non-white Americans. The recession wiped out black America's life savings. Literally wiped out white America in the form of the Tea Party and the 1% of the richest folks in the country are ready to pull up the ladder and want to get rid of Medicare and want to get rid of Social Security and don't want to implement Obamacare and don't want to give women basic reproductive health care. They're trying to induce privatization and spread privation and all to make a buck. And it's 
kind of fucked up. And it's also having deadly consequences. There was just a prison riot in Mississippi at a private prison for illegal immigrants. We're making for-profit prisons in this country, thousands of them. And this particular prison is owned and operated by the Corrections Corporations of America, which... Oh, I hate those bitches. Yeah, we've talked about them previously. They were, they've been caught locking up fucking kids to multi-year sentences for minor infractions. And they are nationwide, and they're getting government contracts with tons of Republican Tea Party lawmakers. And obviously, since they're run for profit, they're not going to be held to the same standards that public prisons will be and don't get the same quality of staff. And actually, there was an article on news1.com about this riot. The prison riot has been going on for close to eight hours. An inner compound and some outer housing units have been taken over by prisoners. An inmate called into this news station from inside the prison walls to reveal the cause of the riot. They beat us. We're just paying them back. We just need better treatment and services. We need medical attention. We just want some respect. They call us wetbacks. So this has actually brought reactions from the ACLU investigating to see what the conditions in the prison have been like. But that's just one way in which privatizing things that should not be run to make a buck ends up having disastrous consequences. Another blatant example for me was the death of this white supremacist Minuteman border vigilante named JT Reddy. Did you hear about this before I sent you the articles? Yes. Yeah, I definitely did. Okay. I definitely did. But I heard about it before they knew. I heard about it like the day it happened before they knew who actually was the, you know, the murderer. And this is from an article at Talking Points Memo. Longtime white supremacist and border vigilante JT Reddy saw himself as part of a war that few others would fight. He amassed weapons. He donned a uniform. He formed his own brigade of volunteers to walk alongside him as he hunted what he described as narco-terrorists flowing across the Arizona-Mexico border. On the week that this happened, reports out of Arizona said Reddy died, not at the hands of drug runners, but with his own gun during a mad rampage inside a suburban home just east of Phoenix. Along the way, the reports said he took the lives of four other people, including a toddler. The Arizona Republic reported the victims were Reddy's girlfriend, her daughter, the daughter's boyfriend, and the daughter's 18-month-old baby. But JT Reddy still somehow managed to use the event to blame immigrants even after his death. A posting on his Facebook page appeared hours after the massacre took place. Wow. This white supremacist had been leading armed patrols in the Penal County Desert in Arizona looking for immigrants who were crossing through. He called his group the U.S. Border Guard. Before that, J.T. Reddy was a member of the National Socialist Movement, the largest neo-Nazi organization in the nation. He joined in at NSM rallies in Arizona and in California and was often spotted alongside swastika flags. Then he brought one of his buddies one of his neo-Nazi buddies, along on these desert patrols. Now, Asia, do you think that J.T. Reddy had any interest in politics? I know he did. Why would he have any relation, any interest 
whatsoever in the political process. Well, I mean, I can't speak to him. J.T. Reddy was a precinct leader with the state Republican Party. Along the way, he met state lawmaker Russell Pierce, the man who would later gain national notoriety for his part in crafting the state's tough immigration law known as SB 1070. That's the Papers, Please law. Russell Pierce mentored the young man and even helped him convert to the Mormon faith. So he was a Mormon neo-Nazi border patrol man. I don't really think about surprises anybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> that could just be me. Rude. But true. Rude. <laughs> Jude. Ooh, a toddler! And still used the event to blame immigrants even after his death. God damn. I mean, I don't want to, like, put this Mormons, actually. I think that's just, you know, I mean... You can't put this on Mormons. It's it's just... This is not, like, a Mormon. This is, like, he's an asshole. It's crazy desperate people. I don't actually want to put this on the Tea Party. I, you know what I want to put this on? I want to put this, like, directly on this guy's head. Because, like, he did it. He should suffer the consequences. JT Reddy? Yes. But not Russell Pierce. Like, Russell Pierce is the guy who made the Papers, Please Law in Arizona. Oh, well, yeah. No, everybody knows that Arizona is fucked. You know, like, everybody. They've passed so many anti-abortion, anti-women's health care, anti-contraceptive laws, um, anti-immigration laws. It's not a place to be. It really is not a place to be, and I've been there. I've never been there. I'm okay with it. No, I've driven I lost a transmission just outside of Phoenix, and I spent two days there, and it was, or no, three days there. Uh, It was 110 at night, 110 degrees at night. Yes, yeah, I think in Flagstaff, it was pretty hot that day. Yeah. The day that it happened, like, you know, you know, there was a news report about it. It was on the Toshiba startup page, and it was like, somebody shot a toddler in the face, was basically the article, right? <sighs> in the article, they got this woman, and she was like, I don't know who the hell would do this, it's awful. A lot of bad things that happened to me, I can't even have kids. So why would you shoot a kid in the face? And then she was like, stopping people that were coming into the addition, and, like, just stopping because there's a police line, obviously, and just telling them stories about herself. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this place? It, it, it's so- Why can't she have children? Who gives a fuck? The story's not about her. <laughs> that should have never come out of her mouth. It should have been, oh, my God, what the hell? Not like, oh, my God, this reminds me of me. <laughs> it was horrible. One time I burnt a lamb shank. <laughs> I left it in the oven way too long, and then my whole kitchen smoked up, and I had to grab the fire extinguisher, and why did this man shoot a baby in the face again? I'm pretty sure she was, like, in her 40s. I don't think she was even in her, like, 80s. I think she was in her 40s. Who says I was being that lady? That's true. That could just be your voice. That could be my actual voice that I've been trying not to use this whole time. (laughs) I was like, wow, this woman is fucked. Like, that's all I was thinking when I read the article. I didn't think anything about a news story until you sent me the article. I was like, oh, shit, that's what happened. Yeah. Because, like, I was just hung up on this woman and her shit. I was like, it just completely distracted away from, like, you know, somebody killed a fucking toddler. Like, why? You know what I mean? The toddler obviously do anything to you, because it's a toddler. Well, and not only that, but that person was very, very, very close with the most vociferous and vicious side of the Tea Party. 
And obviously, he's not representative of all conservatives and all Republicans. But it's disturbing that he was allowed to roam the country's border and on a private basis run a militia enforcing America's immigration policy. It's fucked up. And when crazy people are allowed to do fucked up things like that, it should not be surprising that terrible shit ensues. You know the problem is? I think that he didn't have anybody anybody to shoot. Because right now, our borders are net zero. And so he decided to shoot a toddler in the face. And when you say net zero, you do not mean an ISP that has since gone out of business, do you? No, I do not mean net zero. I mean that... Are we at Immigration Earthlink yet? Immigration AOL Time Warner. Did they mail CDs across the border? <laughs> <laughs> they handle everything that you see, including Mexicans. So, yeah. Oh, wait, no, but we don't see Mexicans. Exactly, because they handle it. No kidding. <laughs> I love Mexicans. We are at net zero as far as immigration. The Obama administration has been really strenuous on deportations and has actually increased deportations since the Bush years. Yeah, I know. That's why I said But, like, the way I said it means that I, like, you know, agree with it. To be honest, I literally, I could give a shit about immigration. Is that wrong? Yes. Like, I, I'm completely okay. I'm okay with sharing my land. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's wrong. When we have immigration, we have more people here to work to do work that, A, Americans aren't willing to do, and B, to do work that Americans aren't able to do. Immigration is a good thing. That's part of why America's economy ever got so strong and dominated the world. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, especially in a nation with falling birth rates, um, it's insane. Do you want to end immigration? Well, I mean, they're talking about illegal immigration, obviously not legal, but like even illegal immigration... I could give a shit. Like, I mean, it's, maybe maybe that's the wrong terminology. Maybe it's, um, I'm all for it. Like, come over here, take our women and our jobs. I could give a shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I keep saying it. But, like, that's the only way I know how to say it. And well, like, and I, you, I suspect, you, you well, and I suspect almost all of this country is now either in your place or mine, as far as immigration goes. Um, it's just the right, the rightest side of the right wing in this country that has such a stranglehold on the Republican Party and gets so much influence in how we address these issues. They just are inflammatory and destroy any capability to have a rational conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, and let me take that back. If you come to this country and then do like illegal shit, like, you know, rape our women... Then I am completely, you know, no, get out and don't come back and go to jail. Um, but I think I was, like, indoctrinated from a young age by the song This Land is Your Land to welcome immigrants with open arms and give them water and shelter. The end. Also, along the subject of illegal immigration, the Republicans in the Tea Party House are trying to stop Democrats from passing the Violence Against Women Act. They're doing it specifically because the Democrats were trying to extend the protections in the federal law to same-sex couples, illegal immigrants, and tribal communities. Last week, House Republicans, and this is also from Talking Points Memo, passed a narrower reauthorization bill, which the White House has threatened to veto. 
Republicans are using what seems like a House equivalent of the filibuster called a blue slip. Yeah, the orange man. Oh, no. John Boehner talked about the blue slip. Um, and he's referring to an obscure practice the House uses to kill Senate-originated legislation if the measure raises revenue. The Constitution's origination clause requires revenue-raising bills to have their first reading in the House, not the Senate. A provision in the Senate's Violence Against Women bill generates revenue by imposing a fee for visas that go to immigrant victims of domestic abuse. So because in the Senate they want raped or beaten immigrants to be deported back to their abusive husbands, the Tea Party and the Republicans that follow with them are trying to gut the main federal law that gives women their full rights when they are assaulted. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, so, like, we agree with the Violence Against Women Act. It only says the women that we agree with. Well, and not only that, but it's already passed the Senate. The bill passed 68 to 31. An overwhelming margin. It actually is for anything. They can't get that many votes to <laughs> build fucking highways and bridges and tunnels. Or super trains. And this is from the Huffington Post. The Senate actually already basically pre-defeated the narrow Republican alternative to the Violence Against Women bill. That proposal would have imposed a mandatory minimum sentence of five years for aggravated sexual assault, granted subpoena power to U.S. Marshals, and taken a different approach to reducing a backlog in rape tests kids. Yeah, I read the article. <laughs> I read a lot. And then I passed out. <laughs> but not because they were boring, but because I was fucking tired. This goes back to your understanding of the gamble that Republicans are making. They're banking on all of us forgetting that they have all voted to kill Medicare, not voted to protect women against whom violence is done, voted to strip non-white people of voting rights, voted to make it harder to immigrate into the United States. Do, do you think we can accomplish the Herculean task of forgetting absolutely all of that? Well, you and me, definitely not. Um, most women, I mean, did they, did they like just pass over the phrase that a woman will forgive, but she will never forget I just, like, is America Rihanna? <laughs> is America going to go back into the studio with the Republican Party and record a duet? Um, burn. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. I mean, I don't think so. I think women always come out in overwhelming margins to vote every time their freedom is in question. So, From your lips to George Carlin's ears. <laughs> nice. No, I mean, overwhelming margins. Why would you even fuck with, a, like, woman's race? Like, what the hell, what the hell is possessing you to even try? Like, this shit has already been done. Paranoia that, that women are going to forget their place and will want to be treated as human beings and equal Americans. And so will, so will the illegal immigrants. They'll want to be called humans. <laughs> yeah, you know what's going to happen? They're just going to backfire, and America is going to end up overcorrecting. And they're just going to be jackasses. Then we'll be spending most of our lives living in a socialist paradise. Run by women, homosexuals, immigrants, and minorities. But we must not reveal too much of this plan just now. No, not, not now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? You're fucking with women. You're fucking with poor people. You're just bullies. You're just fucking bullies. 
<laughs> that's, that's as eloquently as I'm going to say that. Like, what happened with the Whigs? What's been going away with the Whigs or the Tories? One of them left. Honestly, <laughs> the Whigs and the Tories would have, like, ran these people out of town and, like, sent them on a boat. Somewhere. Hey, be like those folks that left. You know, them. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that weren't the Whigs or the Tories. What do you call them? Oh, yeah, nobody remembers. But, like, this is what happens when you're on the wrong side of history. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm overconfident right now. It's just like one of those, like, you, they're too far. They've gone too far. The only thing that I worry about is that they'll continue going too far to the extent that we'll forget what too far looks like. I mean, like, we're already tolerating right now a lot of cuts on the state and federal level. And Republicans are trying to go further in cutting women's access to contraception and health care and also aid to low-income children and families at a time when child poverty is above 20% in half of the states in America. Well, you know, see, this is, you know, this is the funny thing, though, because the Tea Party has an adversary that they never even banked on. And it's called the Founding Fucking Fathers. And what they did was make a system in which when something goes too far one way in one direction, like, the will of the people is done, and it gets snapped back into a place where everybody's comfortable. Or it overcorrects and snaps back a little too far. But in, in the end, it always kind of centers somewhere right in the middle, where everybody can coexist peacefully. But it hasn't been in the middle for a long time. Like, in, in the whole span of Reaganomics, in, like, this 30 years where... We've had a policy of giving banks all the money they want, all the free money they want, and never forgiving the debts and credits of working Americans. Like, we've seen 30 years of the gains in income going to the top and now created a system where their income is completely decoupled from everyone else's. Because all there is is pretty much middle. There's no two-party system in this country. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just all the same. No, the problem is that both parties have been pulled to the right. Look at Obama's own policies. They've made the end results of Obama's already moderate policies pretty right-wing. The health care bill was the Republican counterproposal to Hillary Clinton's healthcare plan from the Clinton administration. His cap-and-trade law came straight out of a right-wing think tank, the Heritage Foundation. As we saw with J.P. Morgan the other week losing like $2 billion on derivatives trading gone wrong in like one week, with up to $5 billion in accumulated losses from their stock value going down. Obviously, the financial reform didn't go far enough, fast enough, and Republicans are blocking even those things that were Republican ideas and the Republican positions that Obama took. So I think rightly he is shifting away from immediately putting in Republican input and ideas for the sake of votes that are never going to come. I just hope that we're not forgetful enough to mistake their very clearly revealed esteem of the rest of us and buy their bullshit anymore. And I mean, the, the consequence of the 2010 elections was also a wave of these Republican lawmakers in state houses. And they've assaulted women's 
health care and women's basic rights on all fronts, but especially in state legislatures. And there's a Huffington Post article that just blew me away. Uh, Republican Mississippi State Representative Bubba Carpenter recently gave a callous assessment of a state anti-abortion law that critics have cautioned could close down the state's only abortion clinic. Abortion rights advocates have protested the measure, claiming that the shuttering of the facility, brought on by potentially overwhelming certification requirements for practicing physicians, could force women to turn to dangerous alternatives. Bubba Carpenter says, Quoth Bubba, you have the other side. Yes, yes. They're like, well, the poor pitiful woman that can't afford to go out of state are just going to start doing them at home with a coat hanger. That's what we've heard over and over and over carpenter told an alcorn county gop meeting but hey you have to have moral values you have to start somewhere and that's what we decided to do (laughs) yep then he was asked later to clarify um and so this person who asked him who's laura conaway at rachel meadows blog said i got a chance to ask representative carpenter about the coat hanger part today that was just some language that some of the african-americans used that's what bubba said mm-hmm. wow yeah and you know when he said african-americans he meant i'm amazed he said african-americans <laughs> that's an amazing restraint on his part honestly it's amazing kudos to him <laughs> congratulations bubba you remembered where the fuck you were have you ever heard a good story beginning with Bubba said? No, but I really want one. <laughs> I feel like we've earned one. At least one good Bubba story. Like, <laughs> You name your kid Bubba, you get what you got. He might be the highest reaching Bubba. The most successful Bubba in recent memory for me. He's a Bubba apart. A Bubba apart of a horrible, horrible political party. I mean, truly... And a bad state. Right? And of course, Mississippi is last or dead last in every major national survey of poverty and misery and cankles. Tooth decay. Rascal scooters. Lazy eyes. Funyuns. <laughs> Literacy. That's not a joke. That's actually true. Literacy is never a joke. Neither is women's health care. Bubba. <laughs> Bubba, why don't you go eat some shrimp and sit down? Truly. Uh, Bubba, I believe there's a company I need to refer you to <laughs> where your kind can take a sit, take a shrimp, and think it over. It's clear when you are justifying ladies dying using terms that you then blame on African Americans. <laughs> it's time for some down-home shrimp from a corporate chain. And a sit-down. A shrimp-down. <laughs> like, Bubba, it's time for a shrimp-down. <laughs> I'm so over Bubba's. I know, right? Can we stop listening to the fucking Bubba's of this world now? Can we stop making Bubba's? Like, women, name your kids something else, maybe. Plan A, no more Bubba's. Plan B, ignore Bubba's. And if they let you get Plan B in Mississippi? Plan Bubba. (laughs) Yes. 
Asia, I couldn't help it. The spirit of Mother's Day was infectious. More infectious than the herp derp. <laughs> and in a rare, rare display, I have pulled some feel-good stories to share with all the listeners. By that I mean... Ooh, feel-good. Yeah. Finally. A feel-good story for the ages. I know. I'm ready. Lay it on me. I'm proud to share with you the story of the many uses of human baby flesh if you live in Thailand. I would like to know these. (laughs) I feel like this is useful information. Just keep your options open. Think of Thailand. From CNN.com, six roasted fetuses covered with gold for black magic rituals were found in a Bangkok hotel room. And the gruesome discovery led to the arrest of a British citizen Friday, Thai police said. That, no, that's not feel good. I don't feel good. But Asia, didn't you hear what I just read? They were magic roasted fetuses and they were covered in gold. No, no I feel very bad right now. How is that? How does that not feel amazing? The showmanship I can appreciate. The craftsmanship. The the fact that they're both magical and covered in gold. So, I mean, you could melt the baby down to sell it, like, to a pawn shop later on if the magic wears off. Of course. I do always think that babies and gold together are magic. However. Babies and gold chains. I (laughs) Totally magical. Wow. Thailand, you say? Thailand. Thailand. The arrest came after police were tipped off about a website advertising the sale of the fetuses. Oh, a website, you say? A website. A website. He planned to sell them in Taiwan, and that one of them could be worth up to 6300 American dollars. $6,300? Yeah, the black magic rituals with fetuses are believed to bring good fortune for business people. Oh, hey, hey, 1%. Do I have an investment strategy for you? Maybe they are already investing in this strategy because they've already shown that they really could give a shit about human life. Do you think? Unless, it's, unless, unless it hasn't been born. So. Well, right. And once it's born, I think this is what can be done with it. I see opportunity here. <laughs> well, no, they're fetuses, right? So are they? They were fetuses in this case. But if you're in Thailand, they don't have to be fetuses. They can also be stillborn babies. Oh. They, they, were, they were cremated. Oh. But if you want the full baby experience, you have to get it in pill form. Oh, my God. Thousands of pills with powdered human flesh have been discovered by customs officials in South Korea. I thought I was in Thailand. These people are actively preparing for the apocalypse. Like, just actively. They are trying to get their systems ready for cannibalism. And this is from the Daily Mail. Um, so it's probably made up. But the capsules are in demand because they are viewed as being a medicinal cure-all. <laughs> are you sure this is not from The Onion? It, well, it's from the Daily Mail online. <laughs> and some of the other headlines on the Daily Mail online. Watch celebrities become hideously ugly as strange flashed face video effect works its horrible magic. Okay, so it's from The Onion. It's ridiculous. Kim Kardashian hits back at claims she's getting hooked on prescription pills. No, it's the most ridiculous tabloid. It's like the National Enquirer. Yes. Of London, right? There are pictures. There's a picture of Chinese officials confiscating illegal tablets. Wait, isn't the picture of, like, the brown powder? No. Oh, okay, but never mind. I did not see this. Holy God. They ran tests on the contents of these pills, and it was 99.7% human. Well, I didn't say, like, 
you know, at least these fetuses are going to good use. The tiny corpses are bought from China. <laughs> tiny corpses. No. Where babies are born, are aborted or delivered stillborn. Um, they're stored in household refrigerators in the homes of those involved in the trade before they're taken to clinics where they are placed in medical drying microwaves. So this is Once the skin is tinder dry, it is pummeled into powder and then processed into capsules along with herbs to disguise the true ingredients from health investigators and customs officers. This is just recycling stuff. This is China's horrible, misguided attempt at being green. Obviously, it can contain super bacteria <laughs> and, like, flesh-eating diseases. <laughs> this article says, there's a huge demand for the pills which are thought to enhance stamina. Now, when they say stamina, do you think that they mean boners? I don't know why you're asking me. It's if I'm some fucking Chinese deadbeat pill expert. However, I appreciate the query. <laughs> and I'll get back to you as soon as I vomit. Oh, is that going to be a knowledge horf? <laughs> That's going to be a pre-knowledge horf. To accompany your thankful horf? I'm going to do a lot of vomiting after this podcast, apparently. But it's going to do wonders for my figure. So I'm okay with that. Fair enough. Just holy crap. You know, you think you hear everything... And then new things happen that you hear, and then it just makes you unhear every other horrible thing I've ever heard. You know? It's hard to keep all of the outrages in line. And like, I don't want to one day take a pill and find out, oh, just so you know, that's a dead baby pill. Exactly. If you're going to get baby, you're going to get it fully formed and gold dipped. <laughs> I mean, call me old-fashioned. And you're going to invest that and put it away for a rainy day. Apparently that gold-dipped baby will make me run the world. Who run the world? Gold-dipped baby. This is like Sweeney Todd got wronger. Asia, are you going to share these stories with your mother next year? Um, well, in honor of Mother's Day. Do you think you will give her the pills? Or will you invest in Dead Gold Baby? She'd probably like Dead Gold Baby more. We should rearrange the order of it every time we say it. <laughs> Do you, are you going to give your mom Gold Baby Dead next year? Well, Dead Baby Gold is really in demand. And she likes to touch a flash. Well, she, she actually hates babies. But if it would make her run the world, then I'm pretty sure she'd be down. Well... It depend I guess it depends on what she needs it for. If she needs a boner, then she can take a baby pill. And also, I mean, if she hates babies, maybe she won't want to look at one, so maybe the pills are the better route. Well, everybody knows that Asian babies are the cutest babies in the world. So I'm pretty sure a dead Asian baby would be cuter than any American alive baby. The man who provides the magical dead fetus baby gold... <laughs> <laughs> Was a British citizen. Yeah, no, he was. But he was, like, Taiwan, Taiwanese British. This is scary. I'm so, this is scary. I can't say it any better without having you go into another fucking article. Because I was, like, going to say, like, these are, like, this is the kind of shit that makes you think the Mayan calendar's predictions are kind of true. Um, and then you're going to go into your Mayan calendar thing. I don't want to hear about that. Wait, you can't just throw out that you think the Mayan calendar predictions are true when they literally just found a Mayan calendar that goes on for another 4,000 years. Yeah, this is the shit I want to hear about. You see, this is the shit I want to hear So do you want to believe? Do you want to believe that the end is near? I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of talking about it. Fair enough. You don't live with a 
friggin' conspiracy theorist? You don't live with one. Oh, wait, who do you... Wait, who? Mi padre. Your dad's a conspiracy theorist? Si. Asia, what conspiracy theories does he talk to you about? All of them. I don't want to talk about this. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, my God. I would love to talk about crazy conspiracies with your dad. Would you ever bring him on the podcast? Um, Well, we can't talk about shit that we normally talk about. And then he would actually know where it was because he insists on listening to it. And then he might hear older ones. That's true. Will you at least promise to share with me some conspiracies of his? I'll promise to put you on the phone with him and you can have a discussion about it with him. No, 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 no. No, I want you to steal stories and tell them to me. Yeah, no. Sick. Sick of it. Just sick of it. Well, you know there's a remedy for that sickness, Asia. But I can't import those pills until perhaps the next episode of the By That I Mean podcast. Or maybe until next Mother's Day. Aww. This has been another episode of the By That I Mean podcast. I am Seth Pearson. I am not. But someday you will be Asia Coleman. (laughs) One day I hope to be. I hear she's awesome. How did you hear about that? Twitter.com slash Mitchell 3.0. I haven't seen Mitchell 3.0 write anything on Twitter, but you should certainly write to MFP Seth on Twitter. This podcast is a production of the MFP Studios in Los Angeles and was also recorded with our field reporter, Asia Coleman, in Indiana. <laughs> and if you like us, review us on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Like, even if you listen to us and don't like us, like, if you would comment on, like, why you did not like us, just so we can see... We're masochists, is what we're trying to tell you. If you're an enemy... Please. No, no, I just want to know if you're an enemy, or you're just indifferent. That's what I want to know. Please, register your indifference. Or outright antipathy. Either one. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. And until next time, invest wisely. In your baby fetuses.